Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I'm Bryant. Uh, I'm here with my permanent, infallible co-guest. <laughs> I am a co-host, though. We have a cool topic today. But right before I left work, um, I talked to one of my coworkers, uh, Rashid, who I've known for a long time, uh, who's from Morocco, and he said that I should look into that we should look into uh, Sahir, but it's it's an Arabic word. And so, and the way he sort of described it to me was uh, sorcery and witchcraft, like local magic, um, stuff that's like uh, voodoo, like sure. like the way we kind of think of voodoo, where it's, you know, like, girl's mad and she pokes a doll. In my reading, though, I found references to the jinn, or genies, yes, as we call them. Yes, It's not the same thing as we think of as a genie. No. Um, but basically, they're what we think of as demons, culture yeah it's it's really wild but yeah um, we definitely talked about the latin before right started right and so specifically the words to hear so when she told me this i i didn't i i expected it to be i, I don't know i not that is an arabic word it means it means witchcraft it means sorcery it means magic it can be used as those things probably in harry potter i imagine sure the arabic translations but so and, and before we go on i i when I was doing some of my research, um, there's this really good book from, uh, it's the Oxford Companion uh, to World Mythology. It's a really encompassing book, especially about really obscure stuff. David Leeming wrote it, and uh, he has a great quote. Uh, sort of, we've talked about Sawain, the Irish um, mythology, Welsh mythology, these things that kind of seem distant enough to talk about and, and common. I mean, Thor, you know, no one's, we don't think we're upsetting anyone if we're talking about Thor like he's not here. But uh, anyway, Leeming writes um, uh, that he treats the sacred narratives of the great religions, including monotheistic Abrahamic uh, religions, as myths. He doesn't do this to depict them as religions, but simply because to a believer in one religion, the stories, especially the supernatural ones of another religion, tend to be seen as myth rather than history. So while some things seem fantastical to us, they're very real to other people. And just like how the idea of Sahir seems kind of wild and jinn, it, it's very real to a lot of people. So anyway, so you, but you've got a great uh, little connection. Yeah, I wanted to bring up too the concept of the evil eye because I ran into this with Yes. That. Yeah, I saw some funky articles. Yeah, and we don't really have this concept in America, per se, but the evil eye, think of it as the way someone looks at you when they're envious of you. And now imagine that that look is in a spiritual sense. Uh, many cultures have ways to ward off the evil eye. I know there's like some hand gestures and stuff that you can do in certain cultures. Um, I want to say that in Italy, they have like an evil eye thing. Mm. Um, but anyway, they're, they also, there are these amulets you can wear and they tend to bear the symbol of an eye to oh, ward, sure. kind of ward off that magic as well. So I ran into that a little bit yeah. <clears throat> when I was looking into Sahir. But Sahir is a, I mean, it's a form of black magic, we can say. Yeah. And it's, it's actually illegal to practice it. So in, in certain countries and stuff, but the practices are found throughout I guess, like, what what countries did you find? It was mostly, like, Middle Eastern. Morocco, yeah. Um, there was an article that I, a, a news article I read was from a website called the J Post, which is the Jerusalem Post. Okay. Middle Eastern countries um, and North Africa, the Muslim-majority countries. It, it didn't seem, I didn't see a huge connection to, like, uh, Southeast Asian countries sure. that are, that practice. Um, Islam, I didn't really see connection to that. It was it was mainly a Middle Eastern thing. And I think 
a lot of this goes to um, medieval Middle Eastern scholarly works, um, I okay. think is where a lot of this originates. And that's, I mean, that's where we get a lot of, you know, that's when a lot of the writing was done, even for the Western world. And that was, you know, like the, the Arabic nations were at the apex of like science, math, and things like that um, during the, like that period of time when they were ruling north of it, you know, most of that area. So I think that's, that's why it, it, it carried it and pretty much stuck in that area. Okay. Because, you know, the interesting thing about you saying that is that I actually found one of the things I talk about is from Indonesia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe it's, it might Strike be a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. More wise. I didn't know if you had more info. On no, that I, didn't, I, I didn't see anything. I wasn't like specifically looking for, but um, no, I didn't see anything. <clears throat> so basically the best ways to combat this magic are studying the Quran, forcing the person who has done the Sahir to undo it, if you know who it is. Finding the amulet that caused the Sahir and destroying it. You can also use seven green lote leaves and drink a tea made with them and then bathe with them. Or you can see a healer. So there's several ways you can go about it. None of these will guarantee success, though. If you're meant to die from the magic, you will. The idea of Sahir reminds me of the voodoo practices like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's how Rashid sort of talked about it. It was, it was very local. It- it was very practical in a lot right. of ways, you know, like, and it, it had roots, like deep roots into the society. So I have a bit of a voodoo story. When my grandfather was little, his housekeeper became very ill and could not work. My great grandfather, he was a dentist, so he definitely believed in medicine. So this, this isn't like the first thing he did. He couldn't, but he couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. So he takes her to the local in-town doctor. The doctor couldn't find out what was wrong with her. So he brought in several physicians from out of town. Everybody looked at her, couldn't figure it out. So he was basically on his last straw. I mean, this woman was like dying in her bed. So he goes to a voodoo practitioner. And the voodoo pr- practitioner told him that he would cast a spell and for my great-grandfather to announce a visitation for the dying woman. And the third person to visit her would not cross the threshold. And that's how he would know that that was the person that cast the spell. He was told to follow this person home, and they sort of devised an amulet. It was a rabbit's foot, and they wrote out the Lord's Prayer hmm. and wrapped the rabbit's foot in it. Okay, so that's that's the amulet that they're using against this magic. So my great-grandfather goes home. He announces the visitation and for basically the next day. Mm-hmm. When the third person arrived... He didn't cross the threshold. So my grandfather or great grandfather follows this person home and he takes the amulet and he was told to bury it under this person's porch. And so he did this. I, I don't know how he got away yeah. with it. It's a weird story. Uh, the next day, the one was completely healed. What? Isn't that crazy? There's some here right there. Yeah. That's crazy. Exactly. Some local voodoo. Wow. Like, how do you find a voodoo practitioner? I think that it was a small town in South right. Carolina. You know, like, I, I think that maybe he just knew of, sure. and especially, I mean, he was the only dentist in town, so he probably just knew yeah, yeah. everyone, you know? By their teeth, yeah. So maybe, he's who they called if he got in that airplane right, yeah. accident. But anyway, so it, it is a very weird story. Yeah. But it's very similar, you know, because there's, there's a person who can help you. Mm-hmm. You have to bring in God and prayers mm-hmm. to cure this. You can only 
be saved by someone who knows about the spiritual world mm-hmm. and, and or by crossing into the spiritual world yourself. You need a guide. Yeah. So that, that's what really reminded me of it was, this, yeah. you know, I mean, you have to recite the Quran. Okay, well, here's, let's right. write the Lord's Prayer on a piece of paper and wrap a rabbit's foot in it. Back to Sahir, I found a modern story in Indonesia that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. about a woman who had nails and other mysterious objects under her skin. And this account is from the doctor who treated her. She went for, like, she went to the doctor and first he tried, like, scientific methods. Sort of like how the other story started. And nothing worked. Like, he, you know, he tried removing the the objects, the nails Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing from under his skin. He, He surgically removed them. But days, and even sometimes hours later, they would reappear in her body. He even had an x-ray done to make sure that she was free of metal because this kept happening. Yeah. And then he sends her off and like a day later she has all this metal in her. He decided to consult some magical practitioners who told him to recite the Quran as he dressed her wounds. He started doing this and it made the woman immediately sick to where she coughed up hair and a metal wire. Um, After days of this treatment, she was thankfully cured. Sure. Her husband ran off just before this, though, so they think he was the one did the magic on her. That's wild. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How do you how do you get that? That's pretty specific. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like some Tim the Toolman evil crap. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, if you want to leave somebody, I guess. Yeah. I know. It, I'll tell you, like, when I, when I kind of first started Googling, you know, before I was able to refine it, there were so many, like, terrible YouTube videos about, like, it was, you know, misogynistic, like, all Moroccan women use, but, you know, black men. Oh, like, like, it was this terrible here. stuff. Yeah, and it was, oh, it was so bad. Um, well, that was a man. I know, yeah, so, yeah, and that's, I know. It, well, it's sort of like the idea that women poison. Right, yeah, that's... do a direct... Exactly, yeah. that's what I was thinking, too. It's very impassionate, and, and it's it usually has to do with some sort of lover, lover quarrel thing, sure. you know, like, make a man love me, or... Put punish someone who doesn't love me, that kind of thing. Um, I do want to talk about my sources. So, um, yeah. IslamQA.info was where I got the information about um, what could cure Sahir. Oh, cool. And then the Straits Times, which was the Star Asian News Network, um, was the other, was the actual story. Yeah. So. No, that's really cool. Yeah, I... What I, I, Wikipedia has a really cool, um, section on it. I was really glad because I, once I figured out that's what Sahir, Sahir is just, you know, like, it'd be like maybe Googling witchcraft, you know, yeah. um, like hitting a, a pin drop. But, uh, Wikipedia does and it, it, it's very connected to the djinn, which has some really cool ties. And like I, like I said, there's a big connection to medieval times, so like ninth century. Uh, there's a lot of, especially like naming djinn, there's a really cool crossover between, uh, fallen angels listed in the Old Testament and their names uh, as jinn. There's some weird crossover there between that. Now this, I'll say this, but this is kind of wild. There, we, we, This is on Wikipedia. It mentions this. I don't know. It, it says citation needed, and it definitely would need a citation. <laughs> um, it's about Rwanda. Yeah. So it, it actually says that during that horrible conflict, genocide, that there were local Islamic uh, communities in Rwanda that were completely ignored because of fear of 
retribution from Jin, especially, or specifically, um, and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there was a deep root there. Again, citation needed. I couldn't really find much beyond that, especially There's, in, like, power in that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a downer of a note um, to, to go on. So, yeah, uh, Sahir, S-I-H-R. I meant to say that at the beginning, too. So there's this is a deep topic. Um, we've only kind of scratched the surface in a lot of ways. Um, maybe we can represent... There there's definitely some tales about Jin. Um, that I saw that could be a podcast in their own really right. Good, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, episode of Mystery. Thank you, Rashid, for suggesting that. I'm going to bug you when we come back to work about some more stuff um, <laughs> to talk about regarding that. And uh, I should have, I need to quiz him a little bit more too on it, kind of like how he feels about it. Is sure. it, is it, does he, I don't want to say, does he think it's real, but does it, you know, where is it in his mind? That kind of thing. Yeah, That'd be really does interesting. he think about it or is it just something that's. Right, yeah. Everyone, we'll, we'll see you next time on Mystery. 